Creative Reboot, the ultimate podcast for creative souls, small business owners, side hustlers and dream chasers. I'm Carla, brand photographer and visual magic maker for colourful magical weirdos and also a professional multipod. And I'm Sarah, creative copywriter and branding photographer for awesome female business owners and aspiring author. This month is Creative Boundaries Month and we're joined by the wonderful Sarah Sovereign. Um, who is a photographer, but in all kinds of different, she does all kinds of different things. So I'm going to say welcome. And can you tell us about yourself? Welcome. welcome. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm a photographer in the Fraser Valley, uh, BC, Canada. Um, I have, uh, I do a lot of stuff with narrative photography, which is uh, working with people to help them to tell their stories. Um, I do gatherings, I do workshops. Um, I do creative mentorship and then I also have a background in counseling so I also am a therapist as well so yeah that's an awful lot you've got going on it's an awful lot (laughs) it's perfect perfect neuro neuro like um what's the word example of neurodivergency going on there I love that but that gives me my first question how do you manage all of this yeah how do you fit it wonderful things Oh gosh. Um, well, there was a time when I would pack my calendar with so many things. I don't like, I look back at my old calendars and I'm like, who was she? Like, what was, what was she doing? Where I'd be like, you know, okay, so I have a, I have a a paper due maybe. So I'm going to do four shoots before I do my paper and maybe I'll like, Mm. you know, run a photo project uh, in between there. Maybe I'll move to a new house. Um, and then I'll finish those papers maybe the night before, maybe the day that they're due. I don't know how I did any of that. So I think that um, now sort of what's happened is I I tend to pace myself a lot more. I do live still off of my calendar, but I definitely have everything is sort of uh, put in there. uh, And I I make sure that there's room now for me to breathe and room for me to rest Mm -hmm. so that I can do all this other stuff. And I think that... Yeah, I think that was one of the things that why I immediately thought of you for this for this episode for this theme of creative boundaries because you you display that um that ability to 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 give that rest in all of your everything that you put out there there's a there's a real sense of the resting period and giving yourself time and space and and all of that as well, which is that's why I immediately thought of you because it, yeah, it's it, it's it, that's it, it, everything you do that is very much present in there as well. It's really obvious, and I'm just I'm really curious about. So before when you said when you talked about previous Sarah, mm-hmm. was that did you know about your sort of neurodivergency back then, or was this uh, something you were learning about? Or? I had I had an inkling, <laughs> I had like an idea, um, and that yeah. was partly because when I was uh, getting my master's in counseling, we had just a little blurb in our textbook about women with ADHD. And I was reading that and I was like, that is very familiar. I I know her. And I started yeah. deep diving. I fell down a rabbit hole. I was hyper-focusing on everything I could get about ADHD. And I was soaking it in. I was reading about it. I was living it. Um, but it wasn't registering to me like in my body. Uh, so I was still moving at this just incredible pace. Uh, And I wasn't really registering that I was burning out at the same time. Um, And Mm. so there came a time when I had to really just slow down, start untangling myself from so many things and learn what it was to actually flow with my body, flow with my mind, flow with ADHD. Um, 
and kind of figure out what that looked like for me. What are the conditions that I need to move in, not only to get stuff done, but also to just thrive and survive and not completely crash and burn. And uh, oh, yeah. is, this is a little bit too uncomfortably familiar. Like, hi, are you me? <laughs> or was was you before? Before Sarah is, is like me. Um, no, so my, I, yeah, that, that sounds very, I think probably very familiar to a lot of our listeners as well of that, you know, running mm. around. I, I think the word pace is, is very, a lot of people say, oh, I just, you know, I, we run around constantly. And, but do you have, and, and you don't you don't have to have a specific answer for this because I don't know if there is a specific answer, but I'm really interested in how you created that spaciousness and how you how you went from old Sarah to new Sarah, how how you went from this kind of your calendar was because that thing of, you know, oh, oh, I just I, you kind of fit everything in like Tetris, don't you? You know, you you squidge everything in and somehow it's it does work and you might be mm-hmm. burning out, but somehow you still get the stuff done. So you think it's OK until it isn't OK. And I think actually coming to coming to the, the realization that you have to do it is one thing but actually making those changes is another mm. and, and I'd love to know a little bit more if you're happy to share about how you got there okay. because it's something I hear a lot from my own self but also from a lot of my friends um who are also neurodiverse and just finding out about it now um and it's it's a weird thing isn't it it's like your whole life you have to reassess your whole life through a different lens which as photographers I feel like is maybe easier for us because we're used to looking at shit through a lens but I don't know it's weird yeah, it's, uh, I think that for me, I think what happened is I really did crash and burn. I really did burn out. So I had a, a period of time when uh, it was in 2018. I had just finished school. I'd finished my internship. I'd finished my thesis. Uh, I decided to do this citywide project where I stayed up for 24 hours and took a portrait an hour for 24 hours. And oh, during, wow. that, during that time, I almost got hit by a train with a, I was photographing um, a mayoral candidate. I almost got hit by a train. Uh, we weren't shooting on the tracks, but I did almost get hit. And then uh, oh, wow. I uh, I got a tattoo. Um, I went dragon boating. We did all of this, these things in a 24 hour period. Wow. And at the very end of that experience, I passed out. I had been surviving the entire time on caffeine. Uh, just kind of grabbing food as I went, but I was just moving on adrenaline. And I think that that's something, um, when you have ADHD, I think that that is something that you pull from a lot. You pull onto your adrenaline. You're like, here's this deadline. I can do 10 things to meet this. And then here's the deadline. And then I'll just restart. And I think my whole system between all of those things, plus moving, I moved like two days after, um all of those things all at once my whole system crashed and i had to really like restart and kind of figure out like hey i can't access that anymore and i don't think that that's an abnormal story for um people who have adhd people who get a late diagnosis i do think that sometimes there can be a massive crash and burn when you reach the end of like schooling or when you're like when you're supposed to start this big thing that you've worked towards and you get there and you're like, I have no idea what my next steps are. And I'm so burned out from getting here that I don't know how to even, I don't even know how to, how to take those steps. I don't, I just want to lie down. Mm. I'm very yeah, tired. Yeah. 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 <laughs> very, very tired is what we've definitely, we just, I've just been away. Um, sadly, without Sarah, we missed her a lot on writing retreat, but we've gone from one of us, me being diagnosed this time last year to, I think like half of us this year, either having diagnosis or pursuing diagnosis, maybe more than half. And we've talked about it a lot in this last couple of weeks and, and that tired, that, that adrenaline, like we all work really well to a deadline. If there's a deadline, if there's an interview, if there's a, you know, like a thing that is needed of us, we will pull out all the stops and do it. 
but we're all finding it very difficult to like you say you get to the end of the deadline and most normal people would be like right I'll have a break now and ADHD people seem to be like no no we'll just do the next thing we'll also we've overlaid four different projects on top of the deadline so it's cool yeah I'm really sorry that you burnt out but it's also really nice to hear it oh. talked about it's like a relief to hear that it's not just us like it's 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 mm. a thing and also that it is recoverable from because looking at the work you're doing now and as I say that that feeling of spaciousness actually does really come across and I know obviously I've only just met you today but Sarah's obviously <laughs> introduced me to your work before and um and it does come across really well and it's just lovely it's just lovely to know it's possible I think yeah mm. so thanks for sharing that yeah I think yeah. I do think that like as we're you know as we move with um with neurodivergence there's an idea of getting into our own flow and understanding what our own flow is and I do think that like maybe especially if we have a late diagnosis there can be this idea um, that we need to outperform or we need to do more than other people we need to be perfect and if you're matching that too with something like rejection sensitive dysphoria if you're finding like criticism is very very hard you're going to be pushing yourself so much and taking that time to rest is going to possibly feel um, shameful or like you're not doing enough or well, interestingly a conversation I had um, so I'm having some ADHD coaching at the moment and we were talking literally yesterday morning um, and the word boundaries didn't quite come up but it I feel like it fits into this in the sense that we were saying, um, she was saying about um, that, you know, pacing yourself and taking time off. And I was like, I know, I know, that's the thing I need to do. Um, and, but I said, you know, actually, I always feel like I've needed to try harder. Like, I feel like whatever I do, I'm not quite, whatever I'm achieving doesn't ever feel like enough. And and that trying harder means that actually you do struggle to put boundaries in because then you think, well, if I just try a bit harder, I'll get to the point where I won't need the boundaries. It's a really weird feeling, isn't it? So, and I do think diagnosis helps in that sense, but it's obviously then hard to unlearn your whole life of of and I, I think we, you, you mentioned RSD which um for anyone listening um I will put something in the show notes because it's probably far too long to go into right now if you're not familiar with it but I do wonder if that then people pleasing um it, it kind of it, it tips into people pleasing and it makes our boundaries around our creativity mm. harder to hold mm. um but I don't know maybe, maybe that's maybe that's too deep for this episode I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a really good question for you, though, Sarah, because I, 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 for people who don't know, I have been a client of Sarah's. She took some beautiful photographs beautiful. of me. Gosh, was it last? No, it was, it was two last years year. ago. It was two years ago came, now, I think. It was before wasn't last it? retreat. Yeah. yeah. I, I love them so much. Um, so and so I got to sort of be on the receiving end of um, of of some of those boundaries. So I'm really kind of curious for you to talk about like how you know what kind of boundaries have you set up and how do you maintain those without feeling like you know you're displeasing people especially clients and things and actually like that. specifically can I squeeze in there if it's not too much wrong question how do you keep space for your personal work because you talk about doing having mm. your personal work and that's something that again everyone I speak to is like oh I just there's never time to do that as well as all the the client work and the adulting and the stuff so I'd love to know yeah a bit more about that um, well, I think the, the two things that I really had to learn, there were two words that I just gradually, um, they just sort of came to me. And that was um, the word unfold and the word flow. Um, and so I kind of started thinking, like, how can I unfold in a space? And if you think of unfolding, it's, it's not necessarily, it's like a flower, right? A flower is just slowly unfolding. And that's kind of how I approach like everything that I do is I'm just sort of like, I'm going to unfold into this. 
Um, and I used to plan a lot of things. Like I had so many details. I had so many, I spent a lot of time worrying, I think about what the outcome was going to be and how I was going to move through that outcome. And I reached a point when I was like, I am just going to let this unfold how it's going to unfold and trust myself that I'm going to figure it out. And it allowed me to sort of let go of some stuff. I love that. I really love that. And actually, again, you make that sound so easy and it is easier said than done. But I think you can see the effects the other side are are worth worth the effort that it takes to do that. I also, I found too, um, another, uh, like a metaphor that seemed to really make sense to me for a while was this metaphor of like being in a cocoon and you've got your cocoon and you're coming out. And I always thought of myself, instead of coming out as like a beautiful, perfect butterfly, I would always kind of come out as like, like just a haggard looking moth with like maybe a bent wing and just kind of like (laughs) creeping out. from my cocoon and (laughs) sort of had this idea of like, you know, this is how I'm coming to like all of these processes, all of these things that I'm doing, I'm not going to be perfect. Um, Mm. And so it becomes this process of I'm like, and I actually use that a lot. I say I'm I'm process-based, right? So it's like, let's get into the process. Let's let it unfold. Let's see what happens. Um, let's let like the river flow. Let's get into the river. Let's let it flow. And, and um, just trust that we will be able to deal with whatever direction it flows into. Um, and oh. letting go of that, it, like just letting go of everything else. You know, there's one, um, I talk a lot in metaphor, but there's one that I also realized, which was when I was photographing people sometimes, especially for narrative photography, I would um, stand on the shore and let them get into the water and then photograph them from the shore. And I realized that those photos weren't connecting in the same way that I wanted them to. And that's when I sort of realized that up until that point, I was looking at the river. I was looking at like this whole scene before me and I was seeing, you know, where it went and what it went to and like, and just describing the scene. And it's when I went into the water with people, um, that's when it was like, there was this great connection because we were both flowing together. There was like a thread between mm. us and we were in it and the river was telling us. And you're you know, experiencing what they're experiencing in a way as well, which I think does create that connection. Oh, yeah. And they're often There's very a real cold. Sen- yes. <laughs> very oh, sad. yes, I can imagine. The water around here is is quite chilly. The water around here is not that warm, and you guys get colder than we do. So I, yeah. <laughs> there's a, I get this. There's a real sense of, of for some. I can imagine there are probably some people who, and I, I, I would admit to being one of them, who feels a little bit like sweaty at the idea. It feels very sort of like relinquishing control, and if I think especially when coming from like a, a, a perspective of neurodivergence, where you you're having to be very controlled so that you can you know you can manage your life you know you're learning these things these these areas of control then taking that step beyond and and letting go of that is quite um that's one heck of a thing to how how do you go about <laughs> doing that Listen, uh, uh, I mean it must be like I'm guessing like tiny steps but you know how how do you kind of how did you get yourself through that process I think that I mean I think part of it was that when I burned out Um, I burned out so completely that it was like um, restarting a lot of things Uh, that my ADHD symptoms were actually much, much, much worse. 
And then throw into that, I also had an issue with iron, uh, iron deficiency, which also can impact your ADHD symptoms. Um, so there were a lot of things where I was just kind of like, I cannot work at this level anymore. And if I want to create and creativity and, and photo shoots and personal projects, all that stuff is such an integral part of me expressing who I am or processing like my life and things that happen. Um, I really wanted to do that stuff. So that was like, the, you know, my heart was in it, but my body wasn't cooperating. Um, and I still have moments where like, I, like, I just can't operate at that same, that same level. So there were a few things that I did. Um, you know, some of the things I make use of are like journaling. So I will make lists. I will put down my ideas. I'll, I'll talk about them. I'll journal them. I'll, I'll sketch things out. I'll think really big. I'll fall down rabbit holes. Um, and then I just sort of have a, a group of people as well that I talk with about it. And that's been so helpful. So instead of taking everything and being like, I'm going to figure this all out myself, it's all going to be on my shoulders. Um, I do talk to like an ADHD coach. I have a therapist. I have a really close group of friends who love doing creative things with me. And I'll open up our group chat and I'll be like, I have this massive idea you know, are there any blind spots that I'm like missing? Are there anything, you know, is there anything in here that is not making sense to you? Um, and that feedback is so helpful. And because they're a trusted group, I can get that gentle constructive criticism for that from them, which is, um, I think, really important as creatives. But also, if you have ADHD, that constructive criticism is really hard. I, I ran a workshop once with I was like Look, join my workshop it's going to be constructive criticism and nobody joined like nobody was interested in constructive criticism and I'm not surprised you know what? It's, it? it's the word criticism it's because we hear criticism we forget the constructive part is useful we're just like oh no I don't want to sign up for criticism yeah, it's like, no, yeah. I, yeah 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 I get that yeah, I get that yeah. That's really so cool. it's, um, so it's a structured I, thing yeah, I, yeah. I, this is this is yeah. great. I'm very curious. How do you figure out what to say no to? Because I think the thing that that certainly I find hardest, and I know from conversations with with other people, um, actually neurodiverse and neurotypical, like everybody, but certainly my neurodiverse friends and particularly my ADHD friends, because, well, as you guys know, like we we want to do everything, right? We want to do everything. We want to do it yesterday. So, saying no is not a thing we're great at, and there's even if you do say no there's always that terrifying feeling that you might be missing you know the best thing ever how do you figure out what to say no to in order to say yes to the things that you that your heart is in because the trouble is I always feel like my heart's going to be in the next new thing as well as being in the things it's already in and I feel like you might get that but it's also very clear that you found your kind of and I'm not suggesting you never try anything new but it does seem like you also hold very very carefully this this kind of the things that you do do and, and you, you hold space for that very well and I think that's something that a lot of us are not quite so good at how do you say no or how do you figure out what, how to say no obviously you can say no it's a two-letter word it's not hard <laughs> but, but it getting is to hard. that point it, it's harder it is hard and it's I do think that it's a process I think that if you had spoken to me five years ago I was saying yes to everything I was saying yes to things that were not filling me up they were not um serving me they were not like they were not filling my cup is, is kind of um, mm. what it was. And it's part of the reason that I burned out. And I think that um, I am very aligned with how things make me feel. So sometimes I'll have somebody suggest a project to me and it's like in, just like in my body, my body is immediately like, I want to go to sleep. I'm going to have a nap. I can't even, I can't even handle this. And that's kind of one of my signals where I know like, okay, this is maybe, 
asking more of me than I'm able to give right now or that I want to give. And then I think another thing is um, there's, so whenever we're looking at doing something and we think to ourselves, um, I should really do this. I should really appreciate this opportunity. Um, I, sh I should really say yes to this. Whenever we're using that language, I think we need to pause and say like, where is the should coming from? Because should is not ours. We don't own that. That is an, uh, an external pressure. That is an, um, an expectation that we're holding onto ourselves and it's not ours. Um, it's like, do I, I like want that to way do of looking this? at it? Actually, I do. I, I, I yeah. definitely one for no shoulds, but I, I've never really thought about where the shoulds come from. So mm, I like that. And it's like, mm. do I want to do this? Can I do this? Is this is this something that I um, that aligns for me? And I think that when you when you kind of can recognize what's going to align, you can set those boundaries or even set them in terms of like, yes, I'd like to do this. This is what I want to do, and this is how I would do it. This is what it would look like for me if I were to do it, um, which are it, it's easier said than done. It's definitely easier said I than done. I feel like but it's, it's, like... it's funny. We, we've been talking. One of the realizations I had while I was away is the difference between creative practice and creative work and or, or rather cre your creative practice, which you can't not do. And or you get very grumpy if you don't do and using those skills to create work, which becomes your creative work. And I feel like the word practice is a really interesting one because um, for many of us i won't say everybody but i'm fairly sure most people and um, when you're younger it's you know you must practice this and you must pra pra practice your maths because you're bad at it it's never practice the stuff you're good at to get better it's always practice the stuff you're shit at right so i feel <laughs> like when somebody says um, you know practice something my instinct even as a proper grown-up is to be like Ooh. um but the thing that came into my mind when you were saying that just now is actually i feel like that process is a practice it's something that you you don't go from being overwhelmed to being able to say no to the, the right things or the things that, that you want to say no to and things that you want to say <sighs> this sounded so much better in my head <laughs> it makes sense um, I hear what you're saying you, you yeah. know what it sense yeah you, you don't go from that in like a heartbeat you, you practice saying yes to the things you want to say yes to and that means saying no to some things and it is a practice but it's a good practice not a practice um and i think yeah it's a really interesting because i think i think often we have a tendency and i do think adhd feeds into that as well of seeing how somebody is doing something in a way that feels great and we're like great i want to do that i can do that obviously i could do that tomorrow and it's not always that simple is it? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true yeah. it's true yeah, yeah so it's it's lovely yeah again it's it's really good to hear i think i mean one of the reasons we started this podcast i don't know if sarah's said this to you but is because we were really fed up with people only ever talking about the struggles 15 mm. or 20 years after the, oh yeah yeah i struggled i struggled then but i'm fine now and it's like no no we need to hear about it now honestly so that when you're going through those those whether it's business struggles creative struggles personal struggles whatever it is you kind of need to hear about it in more real time because then you feel a lot less alone and a lot more like it's copable with um Absolutely. so yeah so thank you for your honesty and for being so open like that's really good to hear and also really really encouraging to see that you can i'm definitely in the phase where my calendar is just insane and everything is insane and it's just really nice to know that there is hope on the other side yeah Absolutely. and and you can start with like very very small steps right like it really it is it's just like noticing your language noticing when you're saying should and when you're saying mm. want and yes. and yeah. also acknowledging that like it is built in I think in like, like the neurodivergent experience to grow up with like the weight of I need to do more I need to be more I need to fill this calendar up I need to follow the dopamine whenever I can and I can't miss it like all of that stuff is all tangled up in that experience it's mm. it's 
Oh, so yeah. much, definitely. Mm. I, I have two things to say. First of all, one is for you, Carla. Mm. Please don't, I know you're going through this process with the busy calendar and everything at the moment, but please, but please don't get yourself almost hit by a train and then passing out at the end. I will do my this. level best not to do <laughs> that. Feel free to get a I mean, tattoo. Quite... Get a tattoo if you want. Oh, to. you can do that part there. That's fine. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly, nearly killed the car and drowned on the way to the retreat. Does that, does that count? Like, just because I wasn't really oh, yeah, paying attention. That. I was no, halfway no. through a, a stream <laughs> before I noticed it. That was fun. Um, but yeah, no, no. I will do my best not to get hit by a train That's and pass okay. out. Yeah. And my second thing was, I'm, I'm curious to know, Sarah, whether you, do you go through a process of like reviewing things to sort of see how, you know, the, the boundaries that you've set, whether they've worked or what you could have done, you know, to, to make them better or do, what do you go through like a little process with that at all? Um, absolutely. And I think sometimes I don't know until it's done. Like sometimes I'll do something mm. and then I'll look back at it and I'll be like, oh, that was like a complete shit show. Like I need to reframe how I've done this. And then you like, you learn every single thing that you do, you learn from it and you can grow from it. And if you can, I'm not always successful at it, but if you, if, if you can learn to kind of be like, all right, I tried this, I did it. I, you know, I got into the flow, it didn't work out, but now I have the tools to kind of figure it out again. Um, and if you can mm -hmm. kind of let go of the shame that can sometimes come with that, um, you just, yes. you learn so much. And that's what happened with, you know, the 24 hour portrait project turned into a two day project and then eventually turned into a one week project, um, which was way easier, way easier on me. Um, and it's just like, a, it's just a process of learning. I was gonna say with some sleep in the week long one, right? You didn't stay awake for yes. the entire week. Oh no, yeah, okay. no, I got so much sleep. I got, <laughs> that's a bit too extreme. I got a lot of a lot of sleep. Oh, Excellent. This makes me feel very much happier, definitely, yes. to know that that's happening. You and me both. <laughs> so, a little bit more prosaic, I guess, but really important, I think, as well, is client boundaries. So Sarah touched on it. Wrote both. Oh my, this is. Now I know how you feel when we had a Carla as well. Like, this is very confusing having two Sarahs. <laughs> um, but I know that Sarah touched on it in a question earlier. Um, but how do you, in order to, again, keep that spaciousness, but manage, do you, do you, are you very upfront with your clients? Well, you both might have answered to this because obviously, Sarah, you've been a client of Sarah. I can't deal with this. It's very, I've not had enough sleep to deal with this level of confusion. No, it's fine. It's because I'm pointing at you on the screens, but obviously, podcast listeners cannot see me pointing. Um, yeah. But yeah, how how do you kind of work those boundaries in because obviously clients can be the thing that we because we love them we're grateful to have them we're certainly in my case i'm thrilled that i have a creative business it's wonderful um how do you kind of manage their expectations and your boundaries so that you can still produce your incredible work for them but it it, it works for you and you're not kind of running around like a total headless chicken um well i i think there's um well, I think part of it is that, you know, going through school to become a counselor, boundaries is a huge thing. And so there's a lot of stuff that I learned through that where I was like, okay, I just need to kind of be clear with what, um, with what I do and what my process is with, with others. So they know, like, I'm not going to answer the emails as soon as they happen. Um, I may not answer a barrage of messages at 11 PM at night. Um, and, uh, it's it's really sort of uh, voicing that and then also doing it because I think I think getting to that point when um, you are setting those boundaries can be really difficult because it can feel mean. Um, boundaries, I mm. think, can sometimes feel really mean, especially if you're someone who maybe hasn't grown up with the best boundaries. Um, so learning that whole process, I mean, that took um, therapy, it took uh, reading, it took understanding that I can't be all things to all people all the time. 
Um, and then also, I think knowing like, you know, that for me, the last um, few years have been uh, big lessons for me on on boundaries. Like there's lots of things that the universe has just been like, here you go. Here you go. Here's all of this, you know, all of these lessons um, about boundaries and about what you need and about, about what your body needs and your mind needs. And um, uh, so, yeah, I, I just I think it's like with all things with me, it's 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 become this process. And the biggest thing is that I've allowed myself permission to engage with that process instead of saying like, I'm worn out, I'm worn down. This client has like, you know, it's calling me at midnight to talk about something. I just realized like, I have to honor what my body wants now. And I just have to say like, I'm sorry, I don't take calls at this time and I will get in touch with you on this day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is it, do you find, I mean, I, I know for me, I, I went through, especially last year, I went through a lot of, of, of boundary setting with, but it was, it was as the result of things that were happening with specific clients. It wasn't until those things happened. Have you, do you, is, is that, is, is it the similar sort of process for you or do you, are you already sort of thinking ahead of things that you want to, situations that you want to avoid and how can you put those boundaries in place to, or yeah, kind of, yeah. Sort of talk about that a little bit. I, I think it happens. Um, I think that most people will recognize your boundaries, but then yes, there's some, there's some people that do step, do tend to overstep and, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's almost, like, again, like, that's kind of like a lesson, right? Because then you really have to say, like, I just, my energy can't, can't uh, navigate this in this way. Mm. This is how I'm going to need to navigate this. And I do think that, um, you know, going through and becoming a counselor helped me set those a lot. Because, I mean, that's safety. That's safety for me. And that's also safety for, for a client if I'm working with them. Um, and so you begin to reframe it, I think, too, to, to kind of understand, like, oh, boundaries are not mean. Boundaries are essential. Mm. Boundaries are a kindness that you can give to yourself and to others. And reframing yes. it that way makes all of the difference. Oh, it really, it really does. does. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think there's something quite um, limiting about the word boundary, the, just the, like the sound of it. But when you say that it is a, it's a kindness, that just, it's... It's think yeah. It is. I feel like we need a new word for we boundary, do. don't yeah. we? <laughs> Something that's a bit more open and accepting. Yeah. And but yeah, I just I love that way you describe that though, because it does it does make it. It makes you realize actually you are you're doing it for, not just for your. It's not for it's your for own necessarily just for you. But it is, do you it's know what is interesting? Involved, we it? we talked mm. and I can't remember why the conversation came up, but I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about contracts. And we were saying that, like, you know, everyone freaks out when you mention a contract. But I always say to my clients, you know, this, I know it looks very wordy. I know it looks very scary, but actually it's to protect you and to protect me because my insurers won't insure me if I don't have it in place. But also it protects you if something goes wrong or if, you know, I can't make it on the day or, you know, there's not very many things that can go wrong. But if they do, this is what. And as soon as you explain that, everyone kind of goes, oh, and then they actually read it and then they sign it because obviously there's nothing hideous in there because I'm not trying to rip anyone off. That's what it's there to do. But I feel like it's boundaries. Boundaries generally are a bit like contracts, aren't they? Like they are there for a good mm. reason they're just they sound a bit scary when you're not used to them and yeah but i just think you when, when we talked about this as say we and i know there's so much more to what you do than just the, the boundaries but when we we said this was going to be a theme for this month and sarah had already she'd mentioned obviously working with you before and, and her photos are glorious i will put some if it's okay i'll put some in the show notes that'll be wonderful oh, yeah, yeah. um oh yes please. but um yeah she we, we knew that you would be a really good person to talk about because because you've so effectively dealt with with the neurodiverse thing which is something that obviously when we started the podcast neither of us were aware of which seems surreal now um and and is so much it layers everything doesn't it it, it layers 
like onions of, of all the things that you have to kind of think about and then think about with the neurodiverse lens so yeah thank you I've had some lots lots of insights I hope I hope our listeners I'm sure our listeners have too but absolutely I would like to because I feel I'm get, I'm very conscious of time and and obviously you know us ADHD people don't want to be listening to podcasts that are an hour hour or more long do we <laughs> no really? although we could talk unless for three hours like... so you know there is that balance <laughs> isn't there but unless you put it on like two times speed and you know whiz through it that way so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um what I, I'd love to ask you Sarah um if you have anything any kind of specific advice for people who are in previous Sarah mode at the moment and are wondering how to bring some of those those creative boundaries into place what what kind of thoughts you would give them to to go away with um I think I think there's like one of the things to think about it is is reframing for instance um so sometimes when we're not used to setting boundaries we might think about you know if I don't answer this person right away um, they're going to get mad or they're going to think that I, you know, that I don't want this anymore or whatever. So if we can learn to explain um, our boundaries and actually like have in mind, like, because I often think too, I mean, I do think that I, I think if, you know, if somebody has messaged me and I haven't gotten back to them right away, I am aware um, that they might be thinking that I haven't received it or that I don't like them or whatever. And I would never, I would never, I just would feel awful if that's how they felt. So um communicating that like think about how you can communicate so when I do you know eventually message somebody I'll say you know what I don't answer messages right now or I will answer your email at this time or this is what I'm going to do and it actually helps me in an ADHD way too because I am making a plan I'm making a plan and now I have this a deadline yeah and I'm like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go do these things and this is what it's gonna look like um and it's keeping it's I understand that like for me I like when people communicate that way to me, because then I don't spiral and think, oh, they hate me. So I always think if there's a Sarah on the other end of this message, how can I make them feel loved and safe and appreciated? Um, And we can absolutely do that with boundaries. We just have to let go of this idea that boundaries are mean or rude or whatever. And we're sometimes taught that, like it's sometimes, you know, um, something that is, kind of placed upon us as we grow up that we, you know, we shouldn't have boundaries. Um, But again, that's using should, right? Yes. We shouldn't have boundaries, but where does that come from? Who said that? Who suggested that? It's a terrible word, isn't it? Well, do you know what? I think sometimes it can be in the sense of like, I should focus more on my creative work. It can be a good should. A good should. Oh, it, it rhymes. Um, but it's, it's funny. But I just, I, I'm, I'm pondering in the back of my mind about how this is like external versus internal shoulds, and yeah, but that's a whole other, whole other episode. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it it's is, an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. So I think you can also ch- uh, change it to I want to focus more on my yes. creative work, and that's the I will isn't focus it? It's coming more. from you rather than coming from externally. Yeah. 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 Or I'd like to. Which yeah, fits very exactly. well with the reframing, actually. It's reframing something mm. as, you know, do you want to do it? Do you actually want to do it? Or is it something that you are being coerced into thinking that you should want to do? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we do like to, um, we're going to get all of your like links of where we can find you in just a minute. But is there anything else that you would like to say that maybe we didn't, the, the conversation didn't lead that way? Is there anything else that you kind of want to? throw in there at all um i mean i don't i don't there's so many things i could talk like i could talk to you both for hours and hours um we are so, so up for that 
yeah, this was lovely. But yeah, I, I mean, Aww. there's so many things that I, I could talk, but I think we'd just fall down like a, a rabbit hole. Um, I mean, it is very interesting to me to talk about boundaries. I, lo- I love boundaries. Um, and it's, it's a, um, it's, it really, it has been a process to learn to love them and to learn to treasure them for what they are and to learn how I set them. And I think that mm. anybody who's ready to maybe set some boundaries within their lives and their, you know, within their, their workspace, um, to just remember that it is a process and it will take time and there, it, you know, there, it'll be easier some, sometimes than other times. Um, but when you're starting with that, when you're starting with that idea, like it, it's just the kindest thing that you can do for yourself and for other people. I don't know. It's kind of just, um, I hope that as people explore it, they're gentle with themselves as they go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you've definitely shown it to be something that's in a very, it's, it's a very positive thing. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a negative thing that people are thinking, Oh, I have to do this because of red flags and, you know, terrible things. This is a, it's, it's a, it's a kindness. I just, yeah, I think it's a lovely, that's a lovely way to frame it and put it. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so, much. so yes, t- do tell us then, yes. please, where we can where we can follow you, where we can find you. Is there anything what you've got coming you got up? Anything, yeah, what, what, yes, anything, anything you'd coming like to up share. at all? And I will. Don't worry about um, URLs and stuff. I say them, but I will translate them for the show notes. So just yes, yeah. okay. Um, so I'm on uh, sarahsovereign.com, uh, and then on Instagram, I'm under Sarah Sovereign on Instagram. Um, those are probably the two best places to find me. Uh, and then things that I'm uh, working on right now, I have a um, a creative project that I'm working on around grief. Uh, mm. It's called Grief Houses, and it's I'm hoping to kind of connect with people where I can document um, spaces and objects left behind um, after people have passed to create a portrait of who they were and to also create a portrait of the people who loved them. Um, mm. So that's something that I'm working on uh, right now and, and sort of in flow with that. I've seen some of your 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 pieces from that, like the stuff that you've been showing from that on social, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's oh, just I, the the stories that are, that are coming out from that. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. I love it. It's really thank, exciting. You. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah, thank for coming you. on. I'm so excited. I'm also more than excited that for a change, we've got someone from BC on. I know, the right? Podcast. It's really Doesn't lovely. Very so, often. Although I had a real a real moment because in my head, Sarah, you are Canadian now, so. I wasn't expecting, for some reason I was expecting, so Sarah then came on, I was like, oh, yep, Canadian accent, that's cool. And then you said, and I was like, why do you not have an, why do you not have a Canadian accent? <laughs> Obviously because you don't have a Canadian accent, but I had a real little no, brain moment no. when you were just earlier, so it was really bizarre. But yeah, but no, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your honesty as well yeah. and sharing because it's, you know, it's yes. just wonderful to have that openness. And it is definitely something that, it's, I mean, I've been doing this for far too long now, really. And this is my 19th year of blogging, which is kind of where my online business journey started. And this stuff was not around then like people people wrote about stuff mm. sometimes but people were not this honest and it, it means mm. a huge amount that you're willing to come and share it with us but also with our lovely listeners so thank you so much yes so, yeah. and me. guys you need to go and look at her you need to go and look at sarah's work it is beautiful work is incredible. it is so beautiful oh, thank yes. you. i had a little squee when i first saw it cool right we'll wrap up then we shall. shall we this is the bit that we're terrible at sarah so yep. bear with us okay. <laughs> but we will see you um at time of recording we don't know which month this is coming out in so we will see you next month or next season depending on when it comes out absolutely (laughs) bye everybody thanks for listening thanks so much for listening we'd love for you to rate us review us and subscribe on your favorite podcast app 
Five stars, please. Where can people find us online, Carla? We are on Facebook and Instagram at Creative Reboot Co. And we also have a Facebook group, which we'd love you to join to come and talk to us about the episodes. Just search for Creative Reboot Group. And you can also go to our website, creativereboot.co, where you can subscribe to our mailing list and get in touch with us if you fancy being a guest or have topics that you want us to chat about. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Oh, yeah.